This is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Peter provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg. Hello, and welcome back to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. My name is Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during the show today, give us a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us online at theivag.com. And while on the website, check out the podcast page to see our past shows or to subscribe to the program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions or you want to set up a meeting either in person or virtually. Today, I want to talk about one particular word, and that's frugal. And a lot of times people equate the word frugal with cheap, and that's always not fair. And as a native New Englander, um, <laughs> you know, people put the, the frugal as a, as a badge of honor. And I want to think about the word frugal, again, not so much as cheap or as Ebenezer Scrooge sitting in his counting house, but I want to think about being, using the word frugal to mean being wise with your money, making sure you were making sound choices and how we spend it in retirement and making sure we get the most out of our money so that, again, you can enjoy retirement the way you want to and uh, we can stretch those dollars, retirement dollars, as far as we can to, to make a retirement um, that you want. So that's going to be the theme for the show uh, is being frugal with those monies and how do we get the most out of it. But before we do that, I want to welcome in my, my co-host, Tony. Tony, how are you today? Well, I'm doing great. An interesting show title uh, you came up with for today's show. You can be frugal and happy. I like that. Yeah, yes, you can. Yeah, you're right, though. When I hear the word frugal, I automatically just Scrooge. That's the first thing I thought of. So, yeah, uh, but uh, but, uh, you know, frugal just means I think it's a a less uh, offensive term that really just means, hey, you know what? You, You watch your, you know. You count your pennies once in a while and, and just try to save where you can. It doesn't yeah, have it, to be negative. I'm glad we're going to talk about this. But yeah, and, I'm, and, I'm, I've been great, by the way, and thanks for having me on the show. But uh, it is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and I'll say, you know, I chuckled myself, Tony, the, uh, probably a decade ago, the a word that came on the scene that in vogue was sustainability, right? Be sustainable. Right. And when you boiled everything down, being sustainable was really what, what our grandparents did to be frugal. Right. And they, they just, just put a positive re- spin on it they because repackaged- the word frugal became to mean cheap. That's exactly right. And, right. and I always chuck myself. So frugality obviously has a long history, but um, I'm glad you're doing well. Things here are going well. And I think this is a, a, an exciting topic to talk about or touch upon and, and hopefully give some people ideas to to zero them in on, on being wise with the retirement spending. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like we say, being frugal has, it's had negative connotations, but, uh, you know, so <laughs> referring to somebody as frugal hasn't always been a compliment. But I'm excited that you're going to put a shine back on the word frugal today, maybe a positive spin. 
Yeah, that is the goal. And, you know, one thing, one way to start thinking about being frugal is making sure you build a, a, a proportional spending plan, right? So if you think about most people uh, between the ages of 65 and 70, 74, spend rough, uh, their spending breaks down to uh, the following, about 45% on housing uh, and home expenses, 12% for transportation, 11% for food, and 10% for healthcare expenses. And if you dig even deeper and look at folks, 65 to 74, you know, there's about 10 uh, and a half percent spent on entertainment, uh, 3% on clothing, about 5% on other expenses, ancillary expenses. So if you use those as benchmarks, now everyone's different, I recognize that, but at least use those as benchmarks or a starting point and then weigh those against what's happening in your actual spending habits, then you can start getting a sense of maybe you're overspending here or underspending in another area and you can start maybe shifting your expenses is more in line with what's uh, average. And it also gets you just thinking about your spending in general. It goes back to the conversations we've had about budgets, right? Why do we create a budget to begin with? Well, one, it's to live within our means, but it also is a great exercise to think about spending. Well, yeah. And that makes sense to me. I mean, you know what, Uh, look at your spending and really monitor what you're spending and, and get a good handle on it. And work closely with somebody like yourself, a financial services professional. And that's a way to make sure that you're going to be adjusting your budget in a way that's going to emphasize both frugality, if I can throw out a word that no one would ever say out loud, um, and an enjoyable lifestyle, right? Yeah, absolutely. A good financial service professional is going to take into account and make sure that you have a budget that's realistic, that weighs against uh uh, your income that's coming in. And and when you talk about lifestyle, a great way to start thinking about your overall lifestyle in retirement is starting th- about thinking about your home, right? You know, are you really going to stay in the home that you raised your children in? Or is it time to start thinking about downsizing to, let's say, a, a condo or a small, uh, you know, single floor townhome or even just a single floor ranch? You know, uh, you shouldn't just throw caution to the wind per se, but your house is probably going to be the center of your retirement. Even if you travel a lot, it's going to be the 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 point where you're going to be the most. And if if there's a lot of equity in it, or it's something that's just too big that's going to affect um, your expenses and your overall lifestyle, then it's it's a great place to really start that conversation, to really start thinking about uh, uh, what you want to do in retirement and how you're going to stretch uh, your overall net worth to fit into what your retirement's going to look like. Sure. And you mentioned travel. I mean, if you're going to be on the road a lot in retirement, downsizing your current home would be an easy way to save some money and it would make sense. Yeah, I mean, think about it. If, if you truly want to uh, travel in retirement quite a bit, and again, a lot of my clients, that's one of the, the, the number one thing they want to do in retirement is travel. If travel means spending three or four months uh, on the road away from home, then maybe it's time to think about a smaller house, right? Because uh, that's small, uh, smaller maintenance costs, smaller tax bills, smaller um, energy costs, the list goes on and on. And, and also you can spring some of the equity out of your, your current house to either fund your retirement or fund those, those travel expenses. Now, obviously selling a house is a big decision and, and we're going to, we're only talking about it briefly, but again, it's a great place to really think about, uh, is, is, this the lifestyle we want to live and is this the house you want to live in? And if not, it is a great way to be frugal uh, about the dollars you have tied up in your house. Well, sure. And I think downsizing 
is a great way to reduce your budget, but it could also mean less work and less stress. That's how I look at it. I mean, if ever there was a great goal for retirement, it's less work and less stress, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you take the the concept, you sell the house and go to a condo. Well, now you don't have to worry about any of the grounds, right? The, yep. It's generally plow. Uh, if you live in snow country like we do, uh, it's plowed for you. The lawns are mowed, the, the gardens are taken care of, what have you. So that's a huge piece off your plate. Uh, and generally, a condo is going to be smaller. So you're right. It's it, A lot of times is going to lead to a lot less stress and a lot less time that you can devote to something else, uh, a hobby or again, traveling. And, you know, another place to think about another big expense, uh, our housing is a big expense, but another big expense is transportation, right? Um, and, and in America, we love our automobiles because it gives us freedom. And and if you're in rural parts of the country, then certainly having a vehicle is, is a necessity, but really sitting down and, and we're talking with your spouse and if, and saying, hey, do we really need to have two cars now, right? Both of us are retired. Um, we have our needs uh, to go out and do things, but can we make do with just one vehicle? Because if you can do that, then heck, you're you're cutting out on potential two car, you're cutting out a car payment potentially, certainly on gas, on maintenance, on insurance. And now you freed up um, uh, a number of expense lines in your budget that you can redirect to other areas uh, in your retirement. And even if you're not going to downsize to to one car, uh, it's always worth giving a f- phone call to a couple different insurance agencies to make sure you're getting the best deal in your car insurance. Because in today's world, they compete uh, quite aggressively against each other. And it's probably always good to revisit what you're paying to lower your expenses. Sure. Well, and a lot of retirees, and we've talked about this before, Peter, but are embracing the RV lifestyle, you know, hitting the road. And I think yep. it, you can point out that, uh, you know, buying a smaller rig like a Class C rather than those huge Class A uh, RVs, that's going to save you not only a lot of money uh, on the sticker price, but also in gas and maintenance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can sell your house and buy one of those big RVs and and that, you know, for a couple hundred thousand dollars and drive around the country. But, you know, it's not just the cost of buying, it's the cost of maintaining it. Whereas there's other options for that. RVing in in retirement is a is a huge trend, especially that has taken off even more during COVID. Um, But, you know, bigger doesn't always mean better. uh, And you should certainly shop around and keep in mind, you know, it's great to be RVing now, but it's like any anything on four wheels. The, the value of those depreciate pretty quickly. What are you going to do in five years when the RVing is done and you you want to settle back to someplace? You may have lost quite a bit in depreciation. So, you know, th- there's things to think about, especially when uh, traveling via RV is on the is on the table. Sure. Sure. Good point. That's a really good point. Now, let's take a minute here. I mean, really, everything we're talking about, you need to first work with a financial services professional like yourself to get a look at what you have and what you're going to need in retirement and talk about some of these goals and the costs and uh, incorporate other things like health care and Medicare and stre- and Social Security. How's that all going to work together? Uh, are you going to have enough for that RV and to live life on the road? So uh, if our listeners out there have questions or want to get started on a retirement plan uh, or ha- get a second opinion on where they're at, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so so if folks are interested in creating what we call a holistic plan for retirement, right? It's it's a plan that 
uh, not only worries about uh, your investments as an important part of your retirement plan, without a doubt, but one that takes into account how are we going to create sustainable streams of income for your entire life? How are we going to make sure your money is invested in a way that's uh, not going to run out uh, 15 or 20 years down the road? How do we make sure um, we have budgets that account for inflation that also account for the things that you want to do um, in retirement. It all comes down to making sure you have some sort of plan and working with a financial service professional like ourselves that can sit down and kind of take all the different variables that are at play and and start putting them together in a co- cohesive uh, plan, retirement plan for you. So if that's something that you, uh, again, like Tony mentioned, want to get started on or you want to get a, a second opinion on a plan that you've had designed maybe a few years ago, give us a call, 866-360-2724 or visit us online at the IVAG.com. All right. Well, let's keep things rolling here. And uh, Peter, you certainly haven't been frugal with the good information so far today. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. There it is. There's the soundboard, friends. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> bad joke. All right. Bad, yeah, bad okay. joke. Here we go. Uh-huh. Uh, so what's the next tip uh, that uh, being frugal uh, can do for us? Yeah. So so the, the next one, we talked about housing and then we talked about transportation. The next one is it has to do with food, right? Um, ah, and, my favorite and, topic. Yes, of course. The one people <laughs> like to talk about the most. And, and the truth of the matter is, right, we don't want to spend more money on food than we need to. But also a lot of people like to go out to eat. I am the first one to raise my hand if someone says, let's go out to eat rather than cook something. Uh, but eating out is expensive, right, Tony? That can eat away at your budget pretty quickly. And so there's a couple things to, as if you're in retirement and you're trying to stay within budget or you're trying to be frugal with those dollars for food, there's a couple ways you can do that. For example, if you like to eat out, eat out at lunch as opposed to eating out dinner, right? Generally, lunch fare is going to be less expensive than your dinner fare, um, and it still allows you the experience of having someone else cook for you and, and all of that, yet a, in a less expensive way. Also make sure in your budget, if you like eating out or it's something that you do regularly, put it in your budget. There's nothing wrong with that, but you need to account for it in your overall expenses and you need to stay within your budget. Um, if you want to be frugal and make sure you can do the other things you want, you know, keeping tabs on it and tracking those expenses are, are important. And then when it comes to buying food at a grocery store, right? We're not going to eat out all the time at every meal. We have to buy groceries. You know, think about going to the the grocery store that you regularly go to. Um, in today's world, most most of them have some sort of re, uh, a reward program or points program or something that rewards the regular customer, and they're pretty sophisticated. Uh, in, in tracking what you buy and, and coming up with specific deals that are catered to your actual buying habits uh, that can save you hundreds of, of dollars every year. I know we use one for, for my family. You know, we're a family of four, so our, our grocery bills can be quite high. In the course of a year, we save between eight to eight to $900 a year just using the rewards program for our local grocery store. That's huge. That's a month's worth of groceries for us. Um, that we get by just shopping. So thinking about uh, tools for eating out and, and thinking about using the grocery stores, for example, that you use regularly in their rewards program can save you quite a bit of, quite a bit of money. Well, sure. And uh, there are a lot of ways to save money, especially uh, people eat out. If you eat out every day, even just a couple of times, that's, you know, 30, 40 bucks a day eating mm-hmm. out uh, it really adds up. I mean, 
Uh, you know, you always hear these things. Oh, if you cut out the coffee you have every day, it adds up to this. And it's like, well, for most people, that probably isn't an issue. But uh, it really is something. A lot of people spend a lot more than they think they are on food if they're not looking at uh, what they're spending and keeping track of it. So I think that's right. That's important. Right. But in re- in retirement, there's early bird specials, which I laugh about because <laughs> you always hear the jokes on the sitcoms and TV uh, about retirees who eat eat at four thirty and always eat at the buffet. But uh, well, well, it's I'll say this, Tony. It's not just retirees. I have two young kids, and and we try to get to the restaurant as early as possible because. Uh, one, there's no one there to right. embarrass with our, our children. And two, you know, the witching hour for kids are about five 30. So who right. wants to be in a restaurant at that point? Nope. So a nope. lot of times I joke with my wife that, yeah, we, we are, we end up being at the early bird special with the tirees because <laughs> it makes sense, but you're right. Right. We always joke about it. It's a, you see that on the, the TV, they all show up at four 30 for, for dinner. <laughs> yeah. So what's but, one more way uh, to uh, end the show today that uh, we can uh, still be happy in retirement, but yet frugal? Well, we've had we've talked about this before on other podcasts, and it's worth revisiting, right? It's taking care of yourself, both physically and mentally, because it, you know once you stop being active, um, uh, as you get older, and once you stop being active, that's a lot of times when people start having health problems. Yep. And, and as we know, healthcare expenses are a huge part of um, a retirement budget. So if you keep yourself active and you keep yourself active physically, which will help you mentally, but you also do things to keep yourself mentally active, like puzzles or, or, or reading or what have you, mm-hmm. then uh, you that can, in a lot of ways, avoid having some of the health complications down the road. And it is a way of being frugal, right? Because by, by delaying or holding off or even eliminating some health issues that occur with being, let's say, not active, that's money you're not spending on healthcare that you're spending on something else. So remember when we talked about being frugal, it wasn't about being a miser. It was about being wise with the the money uh, that you've set aside to do certain things. And if you can stretch that or even do things to redirect money from one line item to a, a different line item that fits more into your retirement goal, then that to me fits in the definition of being frugal. And, and you know, taking care of yourself is is only going to uh, help you, def- you know, lower those healthcare costs, again, allowing you to do some other things uh, in retirement retirement. Yeah, there you go. And I think it's huge. You got to stay active. You got to keep going. I mean, the people who retire and then stop, you know, they stop living, going out, doing things, staying active. You have to stay mentally active and physically active. I think that's huge. Now let's wrap up the show for today. Well, we can talk about this topic a little more uh, on next week's show, but uh, why don't you let our listeners know uh, how they can get a hold of you before we go? Yeah, Tony, again, if folks are interested in creating that holistic plan that I talked about the last time, uh, give us a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us on the uh, IVAG.com. And we'll start talking about creating a plan that's going to take into account all the different variables in retirement, uh, investing in streams of income, taxation, social security, and your goals and expenses in retirement to make sure we can uh, pull off the type of retirement experience that you want to have and be wise with the, the money that is available that you have coming in and also plan to spend. So again, the number is 866-360-2724 or, or visit us on the IVAG.com. Thank you for listening to the IV Retirement Podcast. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. 
For more information, please contact Peter Laufenberg at the Ivy League Advisory Group. Call 866-360-2724 or visit them online at theivyag.com. Investment advisory services offered through the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC. Tilton, New Hampshire, 866-360-2724. A registered investment advisor registered in the state of New Hampshire and Vermont. Peter Laufenberg and the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC, are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.